Welcome to Career Alchemist Podcast. My name is Tiana Burek and I'm a career and business alignment coach. I help impact-driven professionals create careers tailor-made to their potential using the power of human design. In this podcast, you will hear interviews with entrepreneurs and professionals who have successfully created their non-linear careers and hear lessons learned along their journey through the lens of their human design. If you're ready to become the alchemist of your career, join us. Hello and welcome to the new episode. Today, my guest is my fellow manifester, Ivona Namiesnik. Ivona is a coach for high-achieving, ambitious directors and women in positions of power, and she is a creator of Autonomy Movement. Welcome, Ivona. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, every time when I hear the introduction, I get a little bit giggly (laughs) and a little bit excited, especially when you said the autonomy movement. It's a new one for me. So thank you for the kind words. Of course. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Of course, of course. I was very intrigued and Uh, When I heard that you created autonomy, like I love the authenticity of the word that you have created and what it represents. So can you tell us more about what autonomy movement is? I guess I'm still struggling a little bit to find the right words. So I'm just going to use the ones that feel right at this moment. And the moment is August 2nd, (laughs) 2023. Autonomy movement is a program I designed for every high achieving woman out there that wants to thrive beyond success, beyond the roles, beyond the responsibilities, beyond the quote unquote regular achievements. It is a movement and a program for a woman that wants to feel safe and confident in her own body, in her own presence. And honestly, she just, she's so sick and tired of what looks good and wants to do what feels right. So can you tell us a little bit more about what are the typical success measurements your clients come with that they Mm -hmm. define their their success at what looks good? Mm -hmm. Well, it is their story. And in a lot of ways, it was my own story. So I'm uh, intimately familiar with those metrics because You know, um, I I feel that a lot of us are conditioned to feel or to think that success is only one thing or only looks a certain way. So, you know, we are going to graduate from college and then we are are going to get a job and then we are going to climb the ladder and we are going to become the managers, team leaders, directors, VPs, executives, C-suite decision makers, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, I've done most of those things by the age of 31. (laughs) (laughs) And then at one point, a lot of my clients are going to get frustrated because they they understand that they have been relentlessly good at achieving or pursuing other people's dreams, and they just want to do something for themselves. And the trick there is that more often than not, they have zero clue what that means. Like they have zero clue if you ask them, well, what is fun for you? Or what is joy for you? Or what is ease for you? You know, like even 
if they stepped out of the role at this very moment, they would still be confused what to do outside of it. And a part of the autonomy is that we go on that journey of discovering what all of those things mean for each person individually. I was telling you earlier before we hit the record button that I am strongly opposed to the word should. So I will never tell my client, you should start a business or you should quit your job or you should change your career or you should be not be with an XY person, whatever it is. You should offer only one thing. You should, you should, you should. I think uh, there is a lot of, um, I want to say that the word should is plagued with a lot of expectation from cultural standpoint and from an individual standpoint. And it is a way to press somebody into what you expect them to do based on your own reality. So my goal is to actually strip all of the shoulds from my clients and leave them be with whatever it is that stays beneath all of those crazy expectations and all of those insane accomplishments in the end. Like who is the human behind all of the things that you have done? Does that answer your question? Does that make yes, sense? Yes, thank you. <laughs> so let's let's go back a little bit and explain terminology that you're using, which is the same terminology I tend to use when I talk about human design, it's conditioning. So some mm-hmm. people might not be using this, mm-hmm. they might be using limiting beliefs or mm-hmm. uh, something else. So can you explain what conditioning is and how it starts in one's career? Mm. Ooh. That's such a loaded question because we can, from my perspective, we can look at it from many different angles and you are 100% right that it can be called conditioning and it can be called limiting belief and it can be called cultural, societal, individual expectation, whatever floats your both. But I think the core is pretty much the same and that is there is a notion that things or people are supposed to look a certain way. And in a career, you know, um, for a lot of my clients, they're usually perfectionists. They are usually people pleasers. They struggle with the word no. So conditioning is going to reflect itself as like being really, 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 really good at what they do. Like more often than not, they're not going to even stop to think to themselves like, well, do I really want to be a director or do I really want to be a VP? Or, you know, it seems like the logical next step. And in that conditioning, we forget to take into consideration, let's say, free time or spending time with friends or spending time with a partner or, you know, at the base level, I've had clients who honestly forgot to drink water or go to the bathroom, or, you know, because the pressure of what is expected of them is so intense that there is literally no room for anything else. So opposed from the conditioning that starts Mm -hmm. in a younger age that is acquired from society, when you start working with someone and start redefining the success, Mm -hmm. what is the new version of their success persona and professional how does success look like and how is it redefined for you and for your Mm. clients Mm. no here's an interesting thing I thought about saying well it looks liberated (laughs) 
And then I was like, you know what? Like that that's a very strange word to use in a success context. So when I backed it up a little bit in my mind, I realized that success then becomes a choice point. And I have been very vocal about that lately, uh, meaning that we get to choose what we are going to do about an X, Y thing. And it can be, I'm going to choose my reaction to somebody being a bitch, <laughs> apologize for my French, <laughs> or I can choose whether I really want to stay in this position at my at my job, or I'm going to choose when I, whether I'm going to start my own business. And the reason why I love the phrase choice point is because I think it enables us to be human. Like, I had clients who would say, you know what, I just, I want to feel everything after coaching, everything is going to be calm and like, it's going to be like a straight line of the human experience. I'm like, no, that's like very unrealistic. Life is at best 50-50, like 50 good, 50 quote unquote bad. I even want to say that it's not bad, it's uncomfortable. So my goal with my clients is to get to that choice point. You know, sometimes I, I'm going to want to be petty about something because it matters to me. Like, yes, you didn't take out the trash. Like, this is terrible. It's the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> and then I'm going to be super calm about something else. But I am consciously making that decision. So success means actually being able to choose. Choose the accomplishment, choose the career move, choose the relationship, choose the blah, 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 whatever it is, you get to choose. Mm. Like the success is not pushed on you anymore. I love how you framed it, getting into the position, getting into the choice point. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. I love this. And this is something that reminds me when I work with my coach, when I was wanted to leave the corporate, uh, our ultimate goal was to get to the choice point in a position where I can do everything, but I don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is so liberating. Mm -hmm. So when your clients get to the choice point, and mm -hmm. let, let's keep it into the realm of career perspective. And when right. you were at the at the point of quitting, working for mm -hmm. being an employee and starting your own business, what are the feelings that come out at that point. <laughs> I don't want to say fears, but <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there was definitely fear. So you're not off mm -hmm. by a lot there. <laughs> but it's very strange. On a certain level, there is a lot of well, this is not going to be a politically correct episode because I keep swearing. So uh th there was a lot of cockiness, you know. Uh on one side, I think, oh my God, I am the best at what I do. I'm super confident. I believe in my abilities. There is nothing that I can do. And then on the other side, it's like, oh my God, how the hell am I going to do this? So it's almost like a conflict of the world, like the, the worlds collapse onto each other. And I've seen the same thing with my clients. I think there is a little bit of um, discomfort or distrust or yes, even fear that happens when they are moving from high achieving position or a position that is, to be very honest, socially accepted, culturally accepted, uh, culturally appraised. You know, like, as I said, they are usually directors or VPs or executives. And then all of a sudden they are entrepreneurs. You know, it's like, I am doing it on my own. Like, 
all of a sudden there is no quote-unquote background or a pillar or um, a company that has a usually very strong name that is standing behind them providing the safety and security like it's different to say hey i'm a vp at deloitte and i have been for five years and then saying, you know what? I just started this consulting business. So <laughs> you know, I'm a coach. <laughs> or I am a coach, which is even more loaded because consultant, it, it, it's actually a conversation that I had with one of my clients. She's like, you know, like a consultant sounds serious, you know, like I'm consulting companies. So I was a VP and now I'm a consultant. But in reality, I want to be a coach. And when I told that my like to my husband, he was like, so you're having a midlife crisis because coach all of a sudden sounds very, quote unquote, fluffy. You know, it's like not a real thing. So people struggle with it a little bit. And that's a separate conversation that, that we can have. But to go back to the question of all of the different feelings that arise as I said, there's a lot of inner conflict of, you know, believing in your own abilities because those those are like, I call those women like the intellectual feminine. They have a very, very strong mind, very strong brain. Like the brain muscle is real, you know, like I can do everything. Like I can plan, I can strategize. I know the action, you know, the, the thought work usually only gets them to a certain level which is why it gets interesting to get to that other part, which is an enormous discomfort with changing the position that they were using to get a sense of safety. And for us in, in our work, that is the core. That is the foundation. We need to build the safety of you feeling safe outside of your role, outside of your position, outside of the company, feeling safe within yourself. Because once you have that emotional, psychological safety, you can pretty much do anything else because you feel the support within yourself. So it doesn't really matter anymore. Are you a VP, a consultant, a coach, uh, an executive, um, whatever it is, you are able to get to that, as we said, choice point so much faster with so much more consciousness and very importantly with so much more gentleness like you stop it's almost like snm a little bit like those, those women sometimes get to certain achievements because they are accustomed to punishing themselves for whatever it might be so when we stop punishing ourselves and we learn how to be gentle that is also a huge 180 from the way that they that they and I <laughs> before uh, we're functioning. What would you say are some of the biggest, or you can just say and emphasize one biggest shift to go from and detach yourself from being the part of the system and having a big name behind you that provides you a safety and going out on your own? Mm. Hmm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen that women in those positions usually stop caring at some point about the money or the car or the, the power even, like it stops being a driver. The reason why they start considering leaving the company is because usually one of their core values was so deeply harmed that they feel they have no other choice my clients 
and it can be different from your, for your clients or somebody else, but my clients usually have one of the two being hurt. And those are either the integrity value or more often loyalty value. So when they feel that their loyalty is somehow being questioned or that they are not appreciated to the level of their loyalty to the company, and those are usually the women who have been with the company for a long, long, long time, usually have even, like, they have gone through the ranks, you know, like they have been the junior assistant, whatever, junior manager, manager, team lead, global something, et cetera, et cetera. So they know what loyalty is because they have been with the company for a long time. When they feel that their loyalty is questioned or they feel that their loyalty is not appreciated enough, they're like, yeah, there, there's no more room for me anymore. Like all of the countless hours that you have put into the work of creating the results for the company, of all of the things, like it was in vain. Like I need to leave now. If you are not appreciating me enough. Yep. It's home so much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see your smile. Like, uh, you know, that this is going to be an audio episode, like her smile right now. It's like, it's a, it's a yeah, big that's, one. <laughs> that's it. That, that was the turning point. Um, yeah. So from the moment when women, like ambitious women who are loyal to the companies, mm -hmm. high achieving when they want to leave, they decide then they're aware that their integrity or loyalty, their values are jeopardized and they decide to leave. So it's a big breakup. It's a big, oh yeah. Um, there's a big loss of identity when you're detaching yourself sure. from like a place you belonged. And what is the, how does the process look like? Mm. Because it, it sounds like the grieving process that you have to yes, go through. Yes. Mm. So First thing that I want to say is that when you start considering leaving the position or the company, make sure to find a coach. It doesn't have to be me or Tiana or like, it's not about that, like, but find the support system because it really is a grieving process. So if you have your identity stripped away from you in like a single decision, it is so much more painful if you're going through it alone. So think like, for example, if you have, quote unquote, a regular romantic breakup, you're usually going to go, you know, for comfort to your friends or to your family or, you know, like your own tribe. And having that tribe, uh, especially if that single person can be detached and see you for your potential, see for everything good that is going to come after that, that is incredibly empowering. One disclaimer that I want to say is you do not have to leave your job at the moment that the thought crosses your mind. Like, oh, now I'm thinking like my integrity was hurt or the loyalty was hurt. So I have to leave immediately. You can stay in the company while you are creating a backup plan. For a lot of women who are going into consulting or co coaching, from my experience and you know from the experience of my clients, 
that is usually what works the best for them. They're going to be performing on a slightly detached level. And usually what happens is that even their like 70% or 30% is way more than somebody's 170%. So, you know, like the, the company won't suffer, the, the results won't suffer, but it's a huge breathing process for them. And I'm saying breathing process intentionally because for the first time in a long time, they're going to sigh out like they are going to the pressure is going to be lifted off of their chest finally so that can take a month it can take three months it can take six months for me it took two years it was a it was an incredibly life-changing lifestyle changing process like I learned that I don't have to be responsible for everything I don't have to do everything I can I can operate differently when they learn that calm, then they can start start thinking about, okay, what's next? Do I want to be a VP or an executive in a different company? Or do I want to start my own business? And if I want to start my own business, well, what does that mean? Usually when women are becoming entrepreneurs, um, <laughs> they, they are thinking about much more factors than men do. So they will want to figure out, you know, like, what is their exact offer? What is their exact pricing? Am I doing the right thing? You know, like, <laughs> Tiana smiling again. <laughs> like, they're looking for the quote unquote, right answer to all of the things. So as I said, the process is a process, like it's an actual process. It's not something that you do in a week or in two weeks. Leave yourself a little bit room for a learning curve that is going to be happening. And I always say to my clients, like there is never the right thing when you're becoming an entrepreneur. It's an experimentation game. Entrepreneurship by default creates problems and creates deficits. So, you know, in the moment when you create one solution, another problem is going to appear, you know? So for example, you're going to solve for the lead generation problem and all of a sudden there's like 50 people knocking on your door and then it's going to become a delivery problem so you have to figure out for that you know so it's just i think when we become entrepreneurs we have to be willing to be uncomfortable so i think those women also should leave a little bit of space for learning how to treat the uncomfortableness um i'm not sure is that a word but uh, i'm hoping that it makes sense uh, because when we learn to be with that uncomfortableness, it doesn't mean that the uncomfortableness is bad. You know, it, it's a signal. So, okay, good. You're you're uncomfortable. What now? What next? One important thing that I think is so important to mention is when you're working in a company, you are you attach your outcomes and you can see the immediate results. For example, you work on a project, you're getting promotion, you're getting the salary month by month, but in entrepreneurship, you're putting in the effort for the outcomes you might see much later on. Like you might be starting mm -hmm. your podcast or launching something, building a company, a product that it, it might like mm -hmm. see the light of the day in like six months or a year. So there's this big process of being patient of waiting mm -hmm. for to see the results mm -hmm. and being able to sit in discomfort discomfort mm -hmm. and respect that there is delayed gratification mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. honor that so how can someone prepare for this because I feel like 
when you're working, when you're an employee, you're going into entrepreneurship, no one warns you about these things. Everyone mm-hmm. pays this, oh, this is easy, you know, come, you're going to build six figure business overnight, but it, it doesn't happen like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of preparation. So how can someone prepare for the unexpected? Mm. Um, that's a very good question. And I don't think I have the right answer. I think the the best advice that I would give to my younger self, if somebody asked, would be just be willing to stay at it for a long, long time. Because in a lot of situations, the the willingness to to stay in the game, like in the game of entrepreneurship, actually solves for a lot of problems. So you don't have to necessarily be better than everybody else. You just have to be willing to be there longer than everybody else. So let's say hypothetically that for the next 50 years, you talked about human design only for women who want to, let's say, change their jobs or want to start their impact-driven business. If you talked about that for 50 years, 50 years, like imagine the impact you would have, you know, I I think that the, the phrase that you used is a phrase that I really, really liked. And that is the phrase of delayed gratification. It's very similar to going to the gym. Like you don't see your calves or your ass getting bigger after one workout. Like, oh my God, I did one app session. Where's my six pack? <laughs> no, like you expect things to last. Like, so I think it's very similar with entrepreneurship. There, there needs to be a certain level of discipline and a certain level of allowing. So it's a combination of both in that combination flow happens, at least from my experience and staying in that flow for as long as possible you can. That's what made the world of a difference for me. So um, I'm not sure. I didn't think that we mentioned it in this episode, but I'm a manifester. So um, by default, I am very big on cycles, the cycle of doing things and surfing the wave and having one of my clients told me I'm a tornado of energy. <laughs> and that is when I'm in in that huge wave of just doing and making things happen, creating movements. Thank you, Tiana. Um, and then there is a cycle where I just need deep rest. And I have I needed to learn how to navigate that and that it didn't mean less of me or for me or for my business when I needed the rest. So when my ability to create the result per out per unit of time decreases significantly, it's a signal for me like, ah, oh, yeah, girl, you need to rest. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to do something tomorrow and I will. It just means that I need to be able to face that moment of the tempo changing, but willingness to stay at it for a long time in a sense, like you need to be willing to play the game for a long time. Like, how would it look like if you were building your business for a lifetime? You know, because we want to see success like tomorrow. Oh, I want to have 10 clients tomorrow or I want to have 10 clients in the next month or whatever it is. In the next two years, I want to have a seven-figure business, blah, blah, blah. Like, What would it look like if you intentionally thought and felt, oh my God, this is going to be my business for the rest of my life? How does that look like? I love it. (laughs) Creating a purpose-driven business and creating a movement. (laughs) Yes. 
Definitely. <laughs> I'm in for it. And I love that you mentioned, and that's what I said in introduction, that you're a manifester, same as I. And I think mm-hmm. this is, there's a big lesson to be shared from how we are designed to operate going through these cycles where we're in the rest cycle and then have this mm-hmm. uh, download of big energy. You go into the doing, but then you have to let go when you're going through these ebbs and flows to just let go and not do not don't keep mm-hmm. pushing so this is very important when you're used to like operating in these in this generator model of working mm-hmm. like go 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 like working like nine to five like nine to nine realistically so when you're <laughs> when you know like you're trading your time for the for the salary for the results you're constantly mm-hmm. in this doing operating mode and then when you go out you leave you're going to a different extreme you're starting your own business that lets you design the lifestyle you want and that's Mm -hmm. there to support you so giving yourself permission to own your cycles which is like a big Mm. big shift and I don't feel like a a lot of population goes through these shifts because uh, manifestors are just 10% of population but it's great to see and learn from manifestors how to give yourself this permission so Mm. how did you allow yourself to own your cycles and to let go of doing when you really, your body needs the rest. Well, if I'm going to be 100% honest, that was one of the biggest struggles for me, because as you said, we are, the world is built for generators. The world is built for people who are able to go nine to nine. And, you know, that's, that's what's welcome. That's what's celebrated. That's what accomplishment looks like in, in modern world. And for me, I always knew that I remember, I remembered my uh, chemistry professor from high school who said to my mom, like, she is really good at a lot of things but only when she wants to, when she feels to. And I thought about that a lot because even when I was younger, people were able to notice that in me. And for me, oh girl, I think up until maybe two years ago, I pushed myself so hard to fit into a specific mold because I was like, you know, everybody's doing it. Every single successful person that I know is doing it that way. So it must be right. And then it took a lot of therapy and coaching and, you know, working with you. uh, That was also one of the factors where I realized like, well, how would it look like if I just listened to myself? You know, if my body told me at one point, oh, take a nap. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of afternoon naps now. If I listen to myself, like what is the worst thing that can happen? Like I can always go back to how it was. And I tell that to my clients as well. It's almost like a safety net. Like you can always go back. Like you have been a VP for five years for one of the biggest companies in the world. Like you don't think you can find another job that has the same, pardon my French again, shitty dynamic and you feel the same way that you're feeling right now. Like, yes, you can. (laughs) Yes, you can. But the alternative is so much better. I had a download while while you were asking me this question, so I want to share it. It's it's a huge transition to go from a generator, being pressured into being a generator, and then making a switch into what I'm calling a values-based living 
and a value-based earning. Because we as manifestors, we are paid by the value that we bring in a very short amount of time. So for example, my coaching sessions, um, the, the packages that I sell, there's only one way to work with me. And it's like three month intensive. We work every week. Why is it three months? Because that is, well, on one side, I am a little bit cocky and I think that I can solve the client's problem in one session, but three months is long enough for the client to believe that the change can actually happen. And then on the other side, there is also, that is the length of the container that serves me and the client, you know? So three months is quote unquote long enough for me to be able to say, yes, I can really do this for the next three months. <laughs> if I said that I'm selling something that is like a year long thing, it would freak the bananas out of me. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be in the next like 365 days. So the women that come to me are usually manifestors who operate as generators and they want to learn how to do the same thing that I'm doing right now. So I think there is like a message in the story, you know, messenger is also part of the message, if that makes sense. Yes, completely, completely. So you are, you have created your life and business by your design and you yes. are tra as a true <laughs> manifestor trailblazing the path for others to follow the same route. Yeah, well, okay. I, I hope so. <laughs> they, I'm cocky, but I'm also humble. So I know it seems like a bit an extreme, but my human design is that I'm an extremist. So I'm learning how to be the bridge between the two. Um, my clients, uh, the, all of the feedback that I receive usually has, has some sort of oxymoron to it. So I have heard that I am brutally soft. Then I also heard uh, a client told me, you are like an icebreaker you break it gently, but damn, you break it. It's like one of my favorite feedbacks ever. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that, that has also been the, the learning curve for me, like learning how to be the bridge between the two extremes, you know, holding compassion and gentleness and humbleness at the same time, while holding a lot of belief in my own capacity to deliver on the promise that I give to my clients. Mm, this is such an ego manifester here <laughs> in yes, alignment talking yes. from her heart straight from the heart and I just want to for people who don't know like what ego manifester don't don't be thrown by the word ego ego means it's coming from the ego center heart center so when Ivona mm -hmm. speaks her heart center is connected with her throat so her message is like what do I want it comes from this willpower center so that's why it's very potent and something from your human design that is very powerful is that as an ego manifester you're designed to speak in a moment and mm -hmm. that this is why I didn't give you any agenda for our call today because I really wanted you to uh, answer the questions as they come in the moment and I feel like mo your most powerful messages are transmitted through podcasts when you don't prepare or something when you yeah. <laughs> transmit transmit that message so this is this is an example of living and working uh, by your design so Ivona, thank you so much for being the guest and for sharing your experience and your wisdom and the impact you're creating with autonomy in your business. And if someone wants to contact you, what is the best way to reach out and connect? They can either do so through Instagram or there is a website that is called autonomy.com and it is spelled 
O-U-T, autonomy.com. <laughs> so it's like a word play at the same time. And yeah, that's it. You know, Instagram website, there is like a cute little contact form. And that's that. I'm looking forward to, you know, hearing about uh, people who have been listening to the episode and what has resonated with them. So if you have any feedback, you're more than welcome to share that as well. Uh, and obviously, thank you, Tiana, for having me. It is always a pleasure to, to work and talk with you. Thank you, Ivona. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Career Alchemist Podcast with Tiana Burek. If you like this episode, please share it with a fellow career alchemist or leave us a review. If you'd like to learn how to build a thriving career or business by your human design, sign up for the free training and the link in this episode. For additional resources, please visit careeralchemist.com.